Hi, and welcome to the Small Business Sisters podcast. If you're new here, we're Jenny and Christina, two actual real-life sisters who both happen to start their own small businesses. If you're here, you're probably a woman small business owner who is running a lot of the show by herself. Over the last eight years, we've each been in business. We've had to discover a lot of business owning on the fly. We know that running a business, a household, and maintaining mental health can be challenging because we've shed a lot of tears over it. Thankfully, we've always had each other to ask all the questions, bounce off all the ideas, and just have someone on the other end who gets it. And that's why we're here. That's why we started this podcast, to help other small business owners who are doing it all feel less alone. We talk about business strategy, our mental health journey, and all that falls in between. We're glad you're here to join our sisterhood. Hi, everybody, and welcome back. I'm back this week. My voice is finally Yay, almost 100%. I, so a lot of um, people I've encountered this week have voices gone, so I think allergies are just really bad, and that's the way it's responding. I don't really know. I actually remember when I, in college in Texas, mine was like mm-hmm. that in the fall and the spring. Yeah, so weird. And I usually I lose, lose my, my voice. voice once a year, so that could make sense. But I loved listening to you and Ellie. <laughs> that was so fun. And I really think we should bring Ellie on mm-hmm. more as like a a perspective of the customer. Yeah, I was – And because she's a sister. I was dying laughing at the houseboat story. I can still like put myself right back in there. And I just – I remember <laughs> just to add on to that story real quick, Jenny really wanted – I mean – like y'all said, you were 14, so I think you were trying to, like, prove yourself that you could babysit. And so I kept right. opening the, the sliding door and, like, yelling for mom and dad, and you would slam it shut. And I would open it yes, again. Yes, you're yell, right. Slam it shut. Um, I just remember the memory that stuck with me was when <laughs> I, like, pushed you guys in the room, and the fly, like, got in as I was closing yeah. the door, and I just hear, like, well, screaming. And- like, Christina is the dramatic sister regardless, so then add in an event like that, and it was, like, I'm sure. I wish there were oh, cameras back then. Hilarious. Um, but, yeah, that was fun to listen to. And just to hear – I feel like we need to bring Ellie on and just do, like, a sister episode of our relationship evolving over the years because I do – I will say that's a lot of questions I get from my friends specifically specifically who have all girls are always like, well, I hope my girls are as close as you. And to explain kind of how it morphed, because we were normal sisters that fought all of the time. Right. Like we, and we liked each other as kids, but we weren't like, maybe you and Ellie were best friends because you were so close. But I feel like our true friendship Mm -hmm. began. Yeah. And no, Ellie and I fought all of, all of the time. Like we were... (laughs) But I and I was Ellie. I did feel for myself when you guys said, "Yeah, Christina always gets stuck in the middle, and we're, we we kind of team up against her." I was like, "Yes, you do. That is a thing." Um, I would like to say <laughs> I don't team up against anybody, but also I wanted to say, Elliot, we were trying to dream up. We had some other memories to share, but we got so deep into that one. We were like, "Okay, if the listeners are still here, we should move uh-huh. on." But all of Ellie's like. I can't share all my memories, paint me in a bad light because it was like your college <laughs> story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So many. And I was like, okay, let's go to to our um, like preteen awkward yeah, years. Perfect. So that's where the perfect. worst But yeah, we need to bring from. her on and talk about that because I do get questions about that a lot. Um, but let's move on into today's episode, um, which we just felt this was fitting. Um, Jenny and I have both felt this way, me more recent, 
um, of what to do when you feel stuck in your business. And so we wanted to start it about start by talking about ways that you might feel stuck. Um, and so the, it could look financially, it could be mentally, it could be um, all of those things combined when it comes to your business. Almost close to burnout, but more like I would say you're still invested. So it's not like burnout. You just are like, well, what do I do different to, or what do I do the same to make this easier, make it um, more successful or whatever it is? And I just want to add that this can, this can look at different extremes. Like sometimes I feel stuck really deep and it's like, maybe a few weeks and sometimes you might just feel stuck like day to day Mm -hmm. there's days that I just feel kind of like yeah and I feel like what's helped me is just to be okay like observe that and let yourself feel that Mm -hmm. day to day and know that it might change oh my gosh my voice is cracking what What if I'm I'm like spreading my allergies (laughs) over the microphone um well yeah and something so this is a recent story of mine is I was feeling stuck and when I say successful, we've again d- like done several podcasts about this that that might look different for different people. It might be how do I do this where I have more free time but still make money or how do I make more money? And so it just depends on um, like how do, how do I work my schedule around this? It just depends on you what that looks like, what your like end goal is. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. for me, mine was how – do I still do what I love, but also not do it all of the time because I didn't want to reach that burnout of not wanting to sew. And so I was feeling really stuck in um, sitting in my office every day. So I used to have a change of scenery when it came to Wildflower and I no longer have that. And so I was feeling very like, um, well, stuck is a good word, but I was feeling kind of like, okay, well, I finished all of this, so now what in my yeah. office? And felt like not super motivated. Yeah, not motivated or not – I'll just like say it. So I would finish all my orders that I had for that day, so then I was kind of like, well, now what? And so – and of course, there's all this ton of extra stuff you have to do for your business, but I just felt very nonproductive, I think is the word. Um, and so you guys all know that I have um, been subbing – part-time at their school, I have that commitment until the end of the year. And honestly, um, it's been a great change of scenery, but it has, I'm, you know, a couple months in now where I am like, okay, I'm ready to go back and do beautiful chaos all of the time. Like, so I think too, when you're stuck, you might just need to pivot for a second. Um, maybe do a little bit of a different thing than you've been doing. And then you'll kind of fall back in love with, with what you were doing. That's kind of how I feel. Yeah, I think that's just like a good um, self-care tip too is when you are feeling stuck and burnt out, it usually means like something in you is being neglected because I know we do that a lot um, as women, as moms, is like we're caring for everybody else and just trying to keep all the balls in the air and do everything that we need to do. And at least for me, usually – that falls on the expense of like not doing things that I love or but or feeling guilty for taking time off or stopping the hamster wheel. Mm-hmm. And so I usually I just even if it's five minutes, Amy Jackson has helped me develop this practice of not even thinking that self-care has to be this big 
you know, day long trip to the spa or something, which it can be. I love those. (laughs) But uh, even just taking five minutes to put down what you're doing and like drink a cup of coffee or go sit on your patio and just breathe or just like look at the trees. I think it's good for our uh, minds, but also our body just to kind of stop for a second. And that always usually helps me in um, some ways, some ways I need to go deeper than just five minutes, but just taking five minutes to reassess. Yeah. And so the rest of the episode, we're kind of going to look at if you're feeling stuck financially, like you love your business, you love what it's doing. Um, Obviously there's a recession happening. So I know that you can feel really stuck, but we wanted to as Jenny loves, look at the data and see what in your shop is working, whether you do products or services, what is working that you also love, right? You don't want to just keep doing something that's working that you hate because you're going to reach burnout. But what is working in your shop that, or business, I'll say, because of services, what is working really well that you can streamline? What is working really well that you can expand on? so that you continue doing what you love, but also be able to bring in an income. And so um, it depends on the website that you use. I use Shopify. And so it's really easy to look at what is selling in the reports. Jen, what about WooCommerce and Square? Yeah, Wooco- there's usually usually any POS or website you're using has some kind of analytics or reports. Mm-hmm. So that's what yeah, and it's just a different way of filtering it, but looking at uh, what you can look at, like your numbers of revenue, you can look at exact products that are selling. Mm-hmm. Anything like yeah, that. Shopify has a whole analytics session, section, and so I would sit down and really look at the data probably from the last year of what people are buying from you or what people are loving from you. I was just talking to Jenny that I could probably think something in my head, but then go and the data will disagree with me and be like, no, it was actually this product. And so that way I can stop wasting my time marketing things that aren't super good sellers and really focus and hone in on the things that are. Um, Mm -hmm. Because another way, a good, not even just looking at what's actually selling, but sometimes I'll do this and look at my insights on Instagram of like the top posts that got interactions Mm -hmm. and it helps me to see like topics people like. So if I notice they're interacting a lot with like whenever I post about parties or like making the candles, Mm -hmm. then that helps me, even though it's not showing me an actual product selling, it's helped showing me like what my audience is interested in. Yeah. And so for Jenny and I, we have And helps me develop a product. We have both developed creative workshops around our products, which I know for me, that's a top seller for me right now. I don't have a workshop space other than my office. So that might be something um, that I try to figure out to expand on these, right? That if if that's what people are wanting, how do I Focus on that not only in my shop, but also, like Jenny's saying, in your marketing and what you're posting on your page, um, certain things like that. But there are other things that maybe I look at and I'm like, oh, I'm kind of wasting my time even making samples for that because not a ton of people like that. Um, There's a podcast I follow called The Product Boss. Highly recommend, but it's for product-based businesses. So if you're a service-based industry, I don't know that you'll love it. But um, they were talking about 
um, really streamlining those products that do really well for you or those services that do really well for you and not worrying about all of the other things in the background. Um, Because sometimes I worry about, oh, I don't have enough on my website or like, you know, I don't, yeah, basically that, like I don't have enough items. But then you think Mm -hmm. about too, like a lot of overwhelm. There's a coffee shop here that I really love, um, but their menu can get really overwhelming for me because there's so many different options. And another coffee shop just moved in that's more of a chain. I think it's in a lot of states. And um, they literally have, I think, four options. And Mm -hmm. I have found myself preferring to go there because it's it's a lot less overwhelming, which is interesting to me. Yeah, that's actually like a human study that – when you we think by offering a ton of options we're helping people but actually like the intention span is so short mm-hmm. that you're you're actually making it harder for them to make a decision to buy your product so it's helpful to give them less options when ordering yes cuz then they're like oh so okay. looking at your analytics and seeing what maybe two or three products do the best and then how do i streamline those so um, like for me, obviously, pocket tees are a top seller for me, but my whole thing was the way I'm going to push this is I'm going to offer like a design your own element. Um, I'm going to streamline that where there's only one option of shirt color, but they get to pick their pocket or whatever. Um, and that's really helped. But going and looking at that and figuring out how to streamline it um, to fit not only your customer, but also you, like, what do you love from behind the scenes for my classes that do really well for me? I don't want to do a class every day. So I had to streamline, okay, I'm available, you know, this day. And that's when I'm going to offer all my classes. And that way it kind of streams like line, it streamlines it for me, um, and protects my time, but also gives me a chance to do what I love and do what customers are wanting. Mm -hmm. I found that too. I feel like this is across the board that people are really into the experience and hands-on activities right now. So that's like you all know, that's how I developed the poor parties that the element of socializing isn't something I totally love. So to Christina's point, I've recently reevaluated that and I still offer the poor parties, but I tried to like look at, okay, how can I offer this experience that maybe is already working with the time I have committed to being at Light and Pine and that social aspect of interacting with customers. So that's how we can, we just developed uh, the candle bar, which, so whenever I'm working at Light and Pine, the candle bar will be open and you can come in and make the candle of your choice, kind of like a make and take and pick it up later. Um, I just feel really energized by that because it, by looking at my dad, I was able to offer something my customers really want, but in now a new time frame where it's like not me staying extra time mm-hmm. to make that happen. So I feel like I'm really excited about that because it is reframing it to something that's maybe more energizing for me, but also answering a need my customers are having. Mm-hmm. So I I feel excited about that. 
Yeah, and you're doing a perfect segue into the next steps of after you look at the data and figure out, okay, here's my bestseller. How can I streamline this? How can I grow off of this? Or what can I add that amplifies this? What are the next steps? And one Mm -hmm. of the first things is deciding, like, do you want to do a launch? Do you want to do – do you want to like post it now and then grow off of that? You kind of have to decide what's the best for your business. But I love when Jenny started her poor parties, she did a poor party for, I want to say it was for free for, right? For a few people. Well, I actually, that was just all like a mock poor party. They helped me with pictures and stuff. We didn't actually like. Okay. But still you got pictures and (laughs) had you done like a full poor party, you could have gotten feedback to make the, when you launched it, it like amazing and kind of fill in those questions you had, but she got pictures because of course you want, your job is to now market this and how are you going to market it without pictures and sharing an experience somebody had. Um, but something that I see on social media a lot is like people will post one time about something and then never again. And so that's the importance of like the launch piece. Even if you don't do like a like a launch leading up to something, if you just start posting about it the day you create it or the day after you create it, you have to consistently post about that thing in order for people yes. to realize like, oh, that's what that's what she's offering now. So you- that's actually that just came up for me because Susie and I are doing a make and take and we're like, oh, we only have two signups. And we were like, we've only posted about it one time. And I think because we it's always on the forefront of our mind. You think it's like out there, mm-hmm. but you really you're right. You have to keep it in front of people. And that doesn't mean you have to do the exact same post no. over and over. Like do different angles, right. do a reel, do but like keep talking about yeah, it. Yeah, I would say post consistently about that. Like I probably wouldn't even post about anything else for like two weeks leading up to it um, because it just gets lost and not everybody sees it. And I would email about it and be kind of with my sewing camps. I learned that the very first year that I did sewing camps, I posted about it once. Now, because I only did one sewing camp, it did fill up because with a camp, people are like, hey, they tell their friends because they want their kids' friends to do it with them. So it's a little bit different, but I was like, oh my gosh, I just posted about it once and it did sell out, but it was my only camp. That's the only camp I did. And it was 10 people. So it's not super hard. Um, but the the next years after that, I realized, okay, because I started to do several, like I need to post about this consistently, not just one time. I need to post about it every single day until I have X amount of seats filled up. Um, and now when people ask about sewing camps, people tag me because they're like, oh, Christina does those. We've seen it like over and over and over again. And so um, I would, if I were you on the other end, maybe try this out with like, after you see what your bestseller is, even if you don't have to change up anything, even if you don't have to revamp or revive or add to it, um, only post about that for the next week, every day, and see what happens. And again, like Jenny said, you don't want to post the same picture every day or the same reel, but like mm-hmm. post about that product in different ways. You co- incorporate your reel, incorporate your graphic, incorporate your photo, post about it the next seven days. And, and like different elements it of it. Yeah. Maybe one day so you like, talk about okay, so the we'll, experience. The next time you talk about the cost and who to bring or like. And you'd share a feedback, like a review uh-huh. from someone about that product. Mm-hmm. Or I like, I like to show the different elements of, so if I'm trying to push refill kits, 
then I want to show like a tutorial of how to refill, an example of like the sizes of the refill, mm-hmm. like someone doing the refill, a combo of scents I recommend. Why would you, like, you do can a talk refill? about Exactly. Like you can talk about different elements so it doesn't feel like you're not saying every day like buy your refill kit. Right. right. <laughs> you're like you're, literally you're like tapping it. into the need mm-hmm. of this refill kit. And so then by the end someone's like, "Oh my gosh, I I want a refill mm-hmm. kit." Yeah, that's you're like sharing the story behind If you it. follow Beautiful Chaos Shop on Instagram, that is what I'm going to be doing this week with my I do adult classes that are becoming really popular, but I realize right now, which of course you want word of mouth. And right now that's a lot that's happening, but I want to like kind of feed off of that and streamline that and post that I do that. Because again, that's a portion of my business that really brings me life. I don't want to lose that. And so mm-hmm. you'll see me post consistently about that over the next seven days. So I'm going to be doing the same thing I'm giving advice on. Um, Cause yeah, I, I want to build that part of my business up. So, but again, you feel on from the side of posting, you're like, oh my gosh, they don't want to see about this again. Um, but not everybody sees it the first time. And think about yourself. And when you see things, like I have to see things over and over and over again to be like, oh yeah, oh yeah. Mm, yes. Um, so that just happened to me too. Yeah. And like, I'm thinking of somebody in my head right now who I work with often who is one of the only places in town that offers plus size and it's absolutely on her social media but it to post consistently about offering that because that sets her apart right like that's um streamlining that item that works really well is posting it all the time about that um to just get in people's heads that that's what I do, right? We all know you can think of a brand in your head and you're like, that's what they do, but that's because they post all the time. I always think of commercials and how it's the same commercial for a season, right? Like they have the same commercial, they promote it on Super Bowl Sunday, and then that's their commercial through the spring or all the way through the spring. Mm-hmm. And so it's because it's on repeat for people like over and over and over again. They actually don't even change up um, their marketing. Now it's different when you're a small business, but you think about the amount of times that it's repeated for people. And I think we just have to think of how many images and things people are seeing throughout the day. I don't think anyone is like, oh my gosh, I just saw about refill. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we think that because we are the ones posting over and over, but no one else is like inundated by refill right. kit. So you just – that's just part of the, the daily routine. So don't be afraid of that because you don't want to annoy people because mm-hmm. they're seeing so many mm-hmm. things. It's not – I mean, think about you. Is there anything you're like, oh my gosh, I've seen that a thousand right. times now. And maybe, but you're also not like mad at that no. person. I and don't I, know. I honestly don't know that I've thought that. But um, so that would be know, after you look at the da- data and after you figure out this is the best seller that I love that I want to pour into. Then figure out either if you're going to add to that and or if you're going to keep it the way it is, but then market the heck out of it and um, figure out that. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you want the marketing to kind of look like? Maybe do a seven-day marketing plan of – which inc- doesn't only mean social media. That includes email. That includes talking to your friends about it or people um, in your area about it. So, um, yeah, I – I would say try that and see if you start feeling a little bit unstuck. 
Anything else to add, Jenny? I don't think so. Okay. Well, we'll see everybody next time. We hope that this helped as you, um, you know, it's a good part portion of the year to kind of sit back and see what you want to continue pouring your heart into and what maybe it's time to remove from your webs there. If you love the podcast, we would love if you'd subscribe and leave us a review. Every positive review helps other small business owners to find us. Remember, don't do life alone. We're better together. For more content, go follow us on Instagram at underscore small business sisters. Make sure to introduce yourself because we love following and supporting other small businesses. And if you're interested in being a guest or advertising with us on the podcast, visit smallbusinesssisterspodcast.com.